Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. Welcome back to another episode. Thanks again for all new listeners, old listeners, people who are just popping in for this really buzzy episode. <laughs> we have a wonderful guest on today by the name of Saskia, who joins us all the way from Montreal, who is a dancer. She is also an, a competitive pole dancer as well. She has a very, very interesting family history to do with sex work and the main focal point of today's topic we're going to be talking about basically people fucking up the system for sex workers mainly celebrities or even civilians that are trying to fuck shit up for us so it is a supercharged episode today. <laughs> we are going to unleash the beast. <laughs> we are not going to be holding back at all. So that is the agenda for today. But without further ado, I really wanted to introduce Saskia onto the show today. Saskia, are you there? Yes. Hello. Thank Hi. you for having me. <laughs> you are so welcome. And I do have to shout out um, some of our listeners actually reached out to me to reach out to you to be like, hey, there's this really cool dancer that you must interview. And her name is Saskia. So I went ahead and stalked you on Instagram. And <laughs> it turns out I actually know of your name in the pole dancing, like competitive field. Like I haven't met you personally, but I know I've heard of your name before. Yeah. So um, praise to you. That's so cool. You're an amazing dancer. I just <laughs> want to say that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you are so welcome. So uh, I personally don't know you. So if you don't mind telling the audience who you are, what you do, on your own words, on your own words, in your own words, on your own terms, and go. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so my name is Saskia. I'm from Montreal. I currently work, well, living slightly off of government money at the moment. Yes. <laughs> and I'm teaching, I'm teaching private pole lessons from my house and stuff but um before COVID I was working as a dancer at a club in Montreal and I just haven't returned because of COVID at the moment right and yeah I've been teaching pole for five years or yeah I'm competing for about five years yeah, and I'm on OnlyFans, which is pretty much just me, like, being weird with my boots out, so it's Yay. not really, like, yeah, <laughs> that's what I do, so we're all over the place. I love that. <laughs> That's so yeah. amazing, and it's great, because I actually haven't had any representation from Montreal yet, and basically, like, oh, Mon cool. Montreal is, like, the stripper capital of Canada. <laughs> I know that much. Yeah, which is so, so weird because, like, the industry is so different in Quebec than, than what I've heard it is in other provinces. You know? Oh, like, okay. Um, of which, I mean, I've never danced in any other province, so mm -hmm. I can't speak for all the provinces, but I know that a lot of other places in Canada hire, like, feature performers and stuff like that. Right. And in Montreal, it's really mostly just straight clubs with all the dancers have the same job they don't hire specific people to come in and do shows so it is a bit different oh yeah. really do you mind going into that a little yeah. bit too because yeah like as i said i haven't had any um guests on the show from montreal so if you don't mind like ex explaining a little bit just how it works over there yeah um well i mean here like you 
everyone works and everyone does state their stage and no one gets paid for their stage pretty much like oh there is a pretty high level of pull in montreal so a lot of the the good clubs you go to will like the majority of the girls who are on stage are doing good shows you know right so they don't really need to pay feature performers like it does happen every once in a while i've heard that like the club where i work they used to let this one girl do her like chains routine on the stage and that oh, covered cool. her house feet oh but like i don't think she got paid for the actual stage yeah so it's a, a totally different and somewhat frustrating situation because trying to get feature gigs in my own province is not really like a thing oh but, interesting um, yeah that's so yeah, crazy. I've never even developed a whole feature length piece because there's really no reason for me to do that, you know? <laughs> wow. So, so. <laughs> in that case, do you think it's really competitive over there then in that in that kind of sense? I mean, I don't have anything to compare it to really. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I'm like, I mean, like the rest of Canada, I assume the stage is not where you make your money, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's, I, I wouldn't be able to say if I think it's more competitive. I right. think it's definitely a competitive job. And, like, the girls who are trying hard on stage are usually the girls who are trying hard on the floor, too. But, of, of course. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. really interesting. Thanks for sharing that perspective. <laughs> yeah, things, yeah. things are done like, so differently. I always kind of wondered how it is in other provinces. Yeah. Like, like getting a feature game, like how good you have to be to feature and stuff like that. I really don't even know how it works elsewhere, so. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, like with stage in BC, like you have to be part of an agency in, in order to even get on a stage. We are paid for our shows and there's different ranges for the shows depending on like your skill set and your level. Um, and then Alberta, things are done a little bit differently there too. Like the, the price of dances are lower there. Same with Toronto. So it's all like, Hmm. every province like does their own thing and when it comes to actual featuring i think from what i understand from the guests on my show and just like how things are run over here like um a lot of people have to compete in a lot of the contests or like the stripper competitions like miss nude west coast or miss nude bc or miss nude canada and stuff like that just to get more rapport um and then oh, yeah something like that and then like i know that and correct me if i'm wrong anyone listening out there correct me if i'm wrong but um i think there's also like big um stripper conventions as well that you can get invited to like edi in texas or in the states which obviously can't exactly happen right now where you can kind of like uh-huh. <laughs> yeah it's it's a different it's a different time right now uh-huh. But you can kind of just yeah. um, get invited to those events and with those affiliations, you can get invited to the stripper conventions in Vegas where you can have your own booth and stuff and then start featuring from there and really just like build up your name. So that's kind of how I understand it. I can be completely wrong, but we did have a couple girls on the show talk about it um, in season one, but total sidebar. <laughs> total sidebar but it is a really interesting um way to go especially if you really want to like move up in your career and like really see where that can take you and especially if you're super skilled with your shows and your costumes and the whole glamour behind it so just an fyi (laughs) um but i also wanted to talk to you um about your family roots there was a lot of people that were interested in the relationship you have with your mother who is and was well is was a dancer in her time so 
Do you want to speak a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, my mom was a dancer in the 80s when she met my dad at a place called Le Strip in Toronto. And um, I've always known my mom was a stripper. Like, And I guess, I mean, I guess I didn't always know, you know, when you're a little kid. But as soon as I was old enough to know what being a stripper was, Mm -hmm. I knew that my mom had done that at some point. And I always, like, I just, I didn't think of it as, like, a sex thing. I just thought of it as, like, a naked dancing and, like, you're a wild woman kind of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never, (laughs) I don't know, I never, my parents, um, never really made me feel like it was something my mom should be ashamed of so then I didn't really think of it that way and then I only recently um found out that my grandma was also in the industry she um worked as like a house mother kind of so like a bunny mother yeah Uh, I only heard this recently and from my grandpa through my sister so it's like I don't know the details but yeah she like helped the girls like get ready and do their hair and stuff for their like their night or whatever whoa that is Um, so cool (laughs) yeah it's funny because like I didn't really ever think about it and then I was like oh yeah I guess I am like third generation like part of the industry somehow you know like that is so cool that's kind of cool that's amazing like did your so like it was more of like an observation with like your mom like okay like I understand that you've done this kind of line of work was there ever a time when your mom or even like your dad your parents or anyone did they ever have a conversation um with you about the type of work that she did um that she did yeah like mm-hmm. I remember um well because both my parents are artists so like it's and they're they do performance art and like some weird stuff and like at some point along the lines I guess my mom told me and my sister about this act she had because she was like she was a very like sassy lady I, I'm assuming <laughs> her act was like she and my dad told me that he would go see her at this club and sit and watch her show. And she would, like, walk around the stage and, like, kind of, like, swinging a big chain. What? Like, <laughs> like very scary and intimidating. <laughs> yeah. And then she had, like, another part of her act where she just had, like, these mules, like, mule heels that you can just slip into. Okay. Um, and she would have those on the stage, but she would walk around barefoot, like, snarling at the audience and like (laughs) looking at them like they were like worthless and then she would like step into her sexy heels and like perk up and like look all like feminine and girly and like what she assumed they like wanted you know and then she would like step out of them and walk around being like snarly again and it was like (laughs) something (laughs) they like my mom told me this as like a funny story about her act you know but it's like very telling of the kind of person um, she was. And then the kind of, the way I saw stripping, I saw it as a way to like do whatever the fuck you want on stage and that's your time. You've got a few minutes and totally. you can just do whatever you want up there, you know? Yeah, make so, that time yours. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah so exactly. Cool. Um, so they did talk <laughs> to me about it, but never like, a, so this is what your mom did. It was more like, a, so your mom did this thing. <laughs> <laughs> That is a really cool, that's such a, um, a really cool and safe way to introduce that topic too. So not having any shame or stigma surrounding it is is um, incredibly inclusive. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was really, and really grateful. That is awesome. And like how, I don't, I didn't even ask you how you got your start in stripping and exotic dance. Um, did you want to uh-huh. speak about that? And like, has your relationship yeah. with your mom, has that affected um, why you chose to dance or anything like that? So lots of big questions coming at uh-huh. you right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I got, I, well, I've been pole dancing for uh, over six years now. Okay. Um, I started in early 2014 and then I had already been pole dancing and even teaching for a couple of years when I decided to go traveling to Australia. Um, Okay, right, yes. And it was while I was in Australia that I kind of was running out of money and I was dating this guy and I was like, I wanted to start stripping at the club across from our hostel and he really didn't want me to. And Mm. I think the fact that he didn't want me to pushed me even more. (laughs) I was like, this guy's trying to control me and I'm on the other side of the fucking world, you know? And I was like, no. So I dumped him and started stripping at the club across from my hostel. Yay. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, like I right away after my first night, I was like, this is the job for me, man. Like, this is the best. Obviously I already knew how to pole dance relatively well. Like I could do a few tricks. So when I walked into the club, I didn't have that. Like I'm a new girl. Like no one really treated me like I was a new girl because they assumed I knew what I was doing because of what I could do on stage. <laughs> okay, so that, interesting. Like, I definitely got through easy. You know, like some some people really get picked on, right? Um, if they're like awkward and shit, you know. So I'm happy that I didn't have to deal with any of that. that. And, like right away, I had um, a girl kind of come up to me and when she was just like, "Your stage was great." Like how long have you been dancing? And I was like, it's my first night. And she just like <laughs> took me under her wing. Yeah, wow. Shout out Jeannie. Um, <laughs> there yeah. we go. But yeah, she just like taught me, showed me the ropes, you know? And uh, then I was like, this is fucking awesome. So I just continued. And, Holy shit. Um, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's kind of how it happened. Yeah. That's amazing. I don't think that, um, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that my mom, being a stripper affect like made me decide to be like helped me decide but it mm-hmm. definitely uh, made me feel like I was allowed to make my own choices and and mm-hmm. they wouldn't be upset if I told them so I felt right. like very safe in the fact that I was even though I was on the other side of the world and now single I was able to like start this new job and call my mom and tell her about it and about how much I liked it and stuff. So right. that was really, I was lucky. Mm-hmm. That's super lucky. And that's, wow, what an opportunity to do that. <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Like when you first started stripping and that was in Australia, like how were things really, I mean, comparative to what you're doing now at the clubs, um, is it very different down under <laughs> how they run things or is it quite similar to what you'd find here oh. in North America? Um, so I danced at three different clubs in Sydney. Oh my gosh. Um, and so that's like my only, like, I can say that most of the clubs there, um, work off of maybe, no, I shouldn't say most. Cause like, I don't know, but I worked mm-hmm. at one club where it was like, they work off percentage. So you don't pay a house fee, Oh, interesting. but they take 40% of everything you make. Oh, wow. That's um, big and yeah, it's a huge percentage and it's like a lot harder to sell because dances are like the shortest dance at that club was 15 minutes. Oh my so gosh. you had to like hustle hard. But yeah. then as soon as you got a 15 minute dance, that was like, well, it was $100 for the 15 minutes, 
60 of that was yours and then contact was an extra 50 for the 15 minutes so like right away if you got that dance you know you had like 100 100 bucks bucks. for 15 minutes pretty much but um but it's harder to get a 15 minute dance than a three minute dance yeah (laughs) there's like ups and downs to it Right. Um, I definitely prefer the way it works where I'm working now, where mm-hmm. I just pay a house fee and then I I work as hard as I want to work and the money's not. I definitely think it's more fair to the dancers totally. to do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. But I don't think it's like that everywhere in Australia. Yeah, because it just depends on what city you're in, what club you're in even, how things are run. Like, there yeah. are, there's, like, no consistency yeah. <laughs> at all. <laughs> No, I know. It's so weird. Like, even at that club, there was, like, a one girl who didn't have – she only had to give 30% because she was, like, what? their highest earner. And, like, we all just kind of, like, knew that. Oh, my God. But she was. Like, it was crazy. She would walk into the club and, like – like, I don't want to be mean, but, like, if you looked at her in the changing room, you saw how old she actually was. And then she walked on the floor and she looked literally 20 years younger in those lights. And what? she would put us all to shame. She made so much money. She just, like, walk up to people, whisper something in their – ear and they just got up and followed her like every time without a doubt so I was like I get why she only has to pay 30% foot punk like (laughs) yeah that's incredible that is a talent man like that is a skill (laughs) yeah it really is and I like I remember I asked some man once I was like what did she say to you (laughs) tell me he was like I don't I don't remember oh my god that's incredible (laughs) I'm always amazed at how well like the freelancers and the VIPs like how well they do their job and how convincing they can be and that's somewhere where I personally really lack as a dancer like when you started stripping um in Australia were you prepared for the whole hustle aspect of it the private dances contact no contact definitely not um I, I, (laughs) I think that I like went into it thinking that the hardest part was going to be the talking to people. And I was right about that. Yeah. Um, but for me, another really hard part about it was not partying at work. Yes. Um, I like to drink and I was also traveling while I started stripping. So yeah. To me, like, <laughs> people offer you free drinks when you're backpacking. You're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to take it, <laughs> even if you're at work. And then next thing you know, you're fucking hammered, you know? <laughs> so um, I forget what the question was. <laughs> I just like, I got drunk at work. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, something I had to, like, assess how I was going to do the job because right. – I realized that, like, as a party girl, that works, that, uh, that like, aspect of my personality helps me sell, but I have mm-hmm. to fake it to a certain degree. Like, I can't actually be taking eight shots in a row no. and still be doing my job. So no. <laughs> there was, yeah, like, I had to find the way. And, like, I kind of took a break from stripping when I came back to Canada. I was a bit nervous to get back into it. Oh, here, interesting. Okay. Um, because it, the rules are a bit different. And, yeah. um so I was. I took a bit of a break before I got back into it here, and when I got back into it, I decided that I wasn't going to drink while I was working, and like okay. that obviously like slips a bit, a glass of wine here and there, but I never <laughs> get drunk at work anymore. Yeah, and I have been making significantly more money. Like it's it mm-hmm. they go hand in hand, you know. Totally. <laughs> you need to you need to be working when you're at work to make money. <laughs> oh, absolutely, so. definitely applaud you on that. Because then, like I, when I started too, like I was like, okay 
double whiskey on the rocks every time just to like <laughs> help yeah. with like easing the nerves and stuff but then it just turned me into like a sloppy dancer and I yeah. my tricks weren't safe and like it was totally sketchy so I was yeah. like nope soda water it is yeah. with a lime <laughs> yeah yeah exactly man exactly <laughs> yeah like and um to bring it back to like when I took a break before I came back to uh, stripping in Montreal, it was mainly because in Montreal you actually have to get fully nude on stage, and right. I had never done that in Australia. Oh, um, I in Australia where I worked, you take off as much as you think you, like they deserve. Almost like if you haven't made a wow. dollar, no one's expecting you to even take your tits out. Really? So, oh my god! Yeah. So I got through a lot of my stages. I got in some stages where I made over a hundred dollars, and I still didn't even show a boob. Like I don't know Whoa. how. <laughs> it works in a totally different way if they want to see you naked they get a private dance and like it's i think it's like there are some girls who get fully naked up there and that's part of how they sell yeah but um i think it worked for me that i was kind of like the shy one who was like not getting fully nude and then people like want to see more after you know so that totally. was for me and then having to do that in montreal i was like so freaking out about the idea of be- being like pussy out on stage yeah. Honestly, mostly because I was like, how do you take a thong off in high heels <laughs> yes. while you look hot? Because I've seen people do it badly so many times, and I was like, I oh don't want to do that. Like, No. <laughs> so, Girl, yeah. I hear you. <laughs> there is, like, a grace yeah, but, when taking um, off but, underwear. <laughs> I just lay on my back now because, like, if I try to do it standing up, it's, like, definitely not, not going to look cute. Oh, no, I hear you. Unless you have those, like, the underwear where just, like, it snaps off. It's just, like, it's, it's sketchy. I need to invest in some of those. You're not the first person. I say this all the time. People are like, just get the snap-on panties. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that would help. But- that or, like, the string ties on the side. Like, bikini yeah. bottom style. But <laughs> Well, speaking of. I'm, like, trying to, like, squeeze out of my high-waisted, like, lace underwear. It's, like, so fucking awkward. Like, <laughs> and there's like no stretch and you're just like oh god help me yeah exactly (laughs) well speaking of like high heels and like lace and the whole look the whole stripper aesthetic I really wanted us to kind of get into the topic of ah shit disturbers (laughs) celebrities uh controversy (laughs) trying to steal the look not actually being a stripper not actually paying homage to uh where that kind of inspiration comes from uh god like where do you even want to start with this topic (laughs) yeah i like don't even know it's like it's a lot (laughs) it's a lot like Okay, like, why don't we, if there are positives, like, why don't we start off with the positives in terms of, like, okay, like, with the movie Hustlers that came out last year, I, I did a bonus episode on that last year, um, in terms of, like, okay, well, it's bringing sex work and stripping to the forefront, there are celebrities pushing for this, trying to make this okay, and destigmatize that kind of work, but then again, it was also a movie, and, <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't... Mm-hmm accurately depict what exactly is going on in the club you know but yeah I think that like with with hustlers yeah definitely excuse me it definitely didn't accurately depict everything that was going everything that happens yeah um, (laughs) or even a little bit of what happens to most sex workers and strippers um I feel like it's cool that it's bringing 
attention to it, but, like, why couldn't any of the people who, like, were part of that production use their platform then and their big-ass space to be, like, I'm going to make millions off this, but there's tons of sex workers who are, like, struggling. And, like, yeah, it's just the fact that they're making it look cool, but we're getting shit on. Yeah. (laughs) It's, like... Yeah. And, And, I mean, Hustlers is just the tip of the iceberg. I'm not really bothered (laughs) by Hustlers because... Like, I think it's, yeah, it's a fictional movie, and, like, if you, say, like, if we were basketball players, there's movies that are, like, glamorized about basketball players, about boxers, Mm -hmm. about ballet dancers, you know? It's, like, it's part of having an interesting um, skill, I guess, you know? It comes along with people want to write stories about those people, even if they don't know who they are. Yeah, And, like, for me to say I know anything about what it means to be a ballerina because I've watched, like, Save the Last Dance, or you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's the same kind of thing. So I think yes. that I have to step back and be like, okay, everyone is going to be appropriated at some point or another in some way. Yeah. Um, I think it's sweet that they, like, learned how to do a poll for the movie, some of yeah. them and stuff. But, like, same, and it bring it to, like, the... Super Bowl, like, they showcased J-Lo for so long, yep. but, like, hardly showed any of the other super skilled dancers. I know. And I was just like, <laughs> they're so good. And you're, like, I get that she did some cool stuff, and they should show that, too. But, yeah. like, showcase those those super talented dancers the way you do with backup dancers yes. of other styles, I feel. 100%. Like, but, uh, it's just a lot of, like, celebrities using strippers as props these dancers are nameless you don't know who they are the focus is not on them and it's like why don't we acknowledge some of those workers there and you don't even well i don't even know if they're actually sex workers they might just be skilled pole dancers too like you just don't know and yeah i think it's like a little bit problematic too just because there no one is really um kind of like paying the respects to where it all began and that's why I think we're all kind of riled up because you know give credit where credit's due and it's just not so yeah and I think that like the whole trend of full fitness which is how I got into it too Mm -hmm. like that has brought a lot of attention to one side of it and how like like it is an exercise and people should be respected even if they do this exercise but it's also like okay but that's not what we're asking for. We're yeah. asking for you to respect it, even if it's not an exercise. Like, totally. You know, like, like JLo learning pole is only impressive to me if she also learned about what it takes to be a dancer in a club. Yeah. I don't know how much research she did. I know that she met with, like, Jack the Stripper, and, yeah. like, she worked in that movie a little bit. And, like, there are people who worked as strippers who were part of the movie, so mm-hmm. I think they did do research. But yeah. Yeah, like, uh, like, just, like, promote the people who, who inspire your work, you know? Like, totally. That's what it is. 100%. 100%. Agree with that. <laughs> it's just, like, uh-huh. um, you mentioned something about uh, the pole studios, too, and, like, that's kind of, like, where I started as well. Um, not particularly with sex work, but that kind of uh, catapulted my, like, stripping and exotic dancing uh, stint for a little uh-huh. bit. So, like... It's not a bad thing, okay? Like, it's bringing this to the forefront. It's a great form of exercise. Totally get that. 
But then there are some studios that just completely discount exotic dance. Um, This is strictly for fitness. Yeah. And I have a big problem with that. And it's coming to light. There's so many. There's a couple different studios. I'm not going to name them here. (laughs) on this show mm-hmm. um but there are some studios in canada that completely uh erase that part of pole dancing and to me you can't yeah. separate the two yeah. so no i agree 100 percent. and like i have worked at for studios in the past that didn't align with the way i see things and you know i think it's important to make sure you're not just following along doing things um because like that was the job I had, you know, and then at a certain mm-hmm. point I kind of realized that the boss, um, the owner of that studio was not really supporting the, the things in the same way I support them and right. definitely overheard her talking about my style and calling it a lot of mean words. Oh no. And kind of, you know, like implying that like it is like a like a dirtier version of this fitness trend, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my like, gosh, you can't shit on on where it comes from, you know. And it was like, yeah. I don't know, like I I, <laughs> I had my own <laughs> issues with that person. Oh god, but I mean, like, yeah, like it was it was hard for me to continue teaching exotic and trying to tell teach people how to re- release their inner slut. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like it's a safe place for me to do that, you know? Right. Like, that's that's what people want when they take a pole fitness class, some of them. Some of them want yeah. to just do the, the tricks and the strength stuff and yeah. um, don't so, care so much about the sexual expression. But they're connected. And if you own a studio, you need to allow space for that side of it or else yes, it's just not fair to the to the art form in my opinion no i completely agree with that for sure like it's honestly like a disservice to all sex workers in my opinion when (laughs) when you're doing that because you have the ability to reach people and if you're not going to be doing it in the proper way because yes there is a proper way of doing that and spreading your voice and spreading your words and spreading the art then it's like Mm -hmm. why are you even in this line of business Right? Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so a little bit of a sidebar, but still related. <laughs> I'm on a, a little bit fired up with that too because like, I keep seeing that and I keep yeah. seeing stories and it's honestly just very, very, very frustrating to see and hear in our community, yeah. you know? No, so it really is. I guess like the next topic there, we're going to be going into just a little bit in terms of like the whole FK Twigs things because I'm really just seeing two sides of the fence here. Like I'm seeing sex workers and pole dancers that love fk twigs she's an artist she she makes some incredible music she came out with a song last year i can't even remember what it's called but it's the one with the pole dancing video and they're like oh cellophane, she's, cellophane there you go and i was like what's it called i can't think of it right now and i thought it was beautiful like i i think it's really great that she is using that as an art form and as a form of expression and stuff too. Um, but then on the other side, some people are angry about that whole situation too. It's like, why didn't you um, just hire some strippers to do that instead? Um, like, why are you stealing our aesthetic and being a culture vulture and doing that when you're not actually a stripper? So I personally, yeah, yeah like I personally have like no problem with the video um but like again stealing the aesthetic is a little bit problematic to me um I don't know if you had any thoughts on that 
I feel like the video, when it came out, I had no problem with it. I was like, that's so cool that she's taking a poll and that she wants to showcase that in her video. That's going to, yeah, encourage more people to learn about it and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that was cool. I did later hear people were like, she should have credited her instructors, which I think is always something respectful to do when you're learning something. Totally. If I teach a student a trick, I'm not expecting you to credit me every time you do that trick, but, like, the first time, or yeah. if you do it on a national screen, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she could have paid a little bit more, uh, or, like, promoted her studio, or, like, yeah. her, her coach. Like, obviously, she's, like, she's probably really fucking rich and can afford private lessons and got really good because of that. Yes. So, like, that that person should also be using that for their success you know 100 percent. um in terms of like her bothering me i (laughs) in terms of her bothering me um she had like this other video well she also was just deleting a bunch of comments on shit on instagram yes and then she had this other video where she's just full-on pretending to be a cam girl yes and and then people were like upset sex workers were upset and then she, she came out and was like, I worked as a hostess for years, in which is part of the sex industry and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, and kind of kind of was just like, I, I'm allowed to do this because I'm part of the, I was part of the industry at one point, and also said that she had been planning for a long time to, like, talk about the stigmas, right. but, like, why did it take you until a bunch of people were pissed off yes. at you to start <laughs> talking about it? Right? Like, <laughs> why, why, when you released that first video about pool, why didn't you take that as your moment to talk about your history as a sex worker? If you believe yeah. you used to be a sex worker, which I'm not sure she actually believes that about herself. Yeah. If she, like, if you really did believe that then when you made that video, why didn't you say it then? Why didn't you talk about it then? Yeah. Why did you delete all these comments? Why did you? Yes. So it does make me question her motives. I feel like she was using the aesthetic of stripping and sex work to further herself yeah because her it is intriguing yeah it's super intriguing that's why i got into it fuck but if you are intrigued then do it <laughs> like, <laughs> you know like no i don't know and that's same with the bella thorn thing I oh was my like, god Shit. like if you're intrigued then do it but do it for real you know like, yeah don't pretend. I was like, I like, just stood up off my bed and started like yelling into the room. Like, <laughs> girl, do it. <laughs> there is like so much to say there, you know. Like, so th- like these celebrities, these artists, like they come from a really huge platform with a ton of influence you know like to me it's just a missed yeah. opportunity for you to n- not only to educate yourself if, especially if you're not a familiar where this line of work comes from but also to educate your fans and your audience on a national international worldly scale you know so yeah <laughs> going into the bella thorne <laughs> incident so <laughs> I've been following this since like, you know, it, it came out. This is like, like a week and a half ago or so. And it, the story yeah, has about- just been developing. And this is why I'm going to release it now. So <laughs> it basically, if you guys are unfamiliar with what's going on. And honestly, I don't keep up with celebrity gossip. I don't even know who the fuck Bella Thorne was. Like, who's this bitch? Like, I had no idea. I had to Google her. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, but she's uh, an actor, a model, and 
Basically, to sum up the story, she joined OnlyFans, which as you guys have been listening to the podcast, it's a big, big, big platform, mainly for creatives and sex workers. So, and it's a subscription-based service. You can join as a fan, pay $5, $10, whatever they set your price to, and you get exclusive access to pictures and videos, um, like live camming sessions with them, pay-per-view messaging, and so on. So, there's been a, a lot of things with OnlyFans ramping up during the pandemic in general. Like, you know, everyone lost their job. Celebrities started rapping about it. Like, I think the whole, like, Beyonce did uh, rap with that with Megan Thee Stallion. So it's just bringing a lot of attention to the platform. And some celebrities have been using it. And we'll get more into that really soon. Um, but basically, Bella Thorne joined the platform and made a million dollars in a day. She was the first person to break a million dollars in 24 hours. And I think by day two or the end of the week, she made two, $2 million. So it is crazy just because uh, she's taking so much away from sex workers and she was using the platform to quote unquote do research for an upcoming film or for a role for a film with one of my favorite producers. But to me, it just sounds awful. Like you're just using us and you're not doing real research. <laughs> you're, you're not getting the real experience. And then the whole thing with yeah. um, the pay-per-view messaging. So on OnlyFans, you can send messages out to your followers to unlock it. They can pay for it. So you can set a price on it. There wasn't a cap before. But she sent out the message. It was for $200. And some of her fans paid that. And what did you guys get? You guys <laughs> got a non-nude. Like... And she was saying, okay, see me naked. It's a naked photo. Like, and to scam her fans like that, what the fuck? So people are trying to get their refunds, their money back. And then now OnlyFans has now a cap of um, $50 per pay-per-view messaging. Tips of $100 max. There was never a cap on that before. And now it takes like 30 days to get paid out, which usually it took like seven days. So (laughs) there are a lot of things to say here. Saskia, do you want to... Jump in here. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're like dying to speak. Um, well, like, I will say, OnlyFans has said that their change in rules has nothing to do with one specific user, but I think that we can all agree that that's <laughs> probably bullshit. Yeah. I'm also like, I don't want to speak on behalf of anyone else. This is just my opinion about the whole situation, but like, I'm all for celebrities getting on OnlyFans. And mm. if you, like, the person who paid $20 subscription for Bella fans, uh, Bella, <laughs> Bella fans OnlyFans is not the same person who's going to pay for my subscription. So I don't feel right. like they're direct. she's directly, like, fucking people over necessarily. But mm. I do, well, I didn't, you know? I was like, fucking make that money, you know? A million in a day, that's fucking dope. Yeah. But to then... To say you're doing it to learn about sex workers is one thing. If yeah. you're actually going to do sex work. Do but it. But you're not. You're scamming yeah. people. You're sent, telling people you're doing sex work, but then you're actually fucking them out of their money. Yeah. So I don't understand how she thought that was going to Fly. teach her anything about being a sex worker. Um, she has the funds to hire people to teach her about anything she fucking wants. Yes. (laughs) She didn't need to do that to, to find out anything. Yeah. Um, I think really probably what happened is that she like, well, Tana Mojo, who is a big YouTuber, started an OnlyFans 
within the past months, and she um, she's like doing really fucking well on her OnlyFans. But yeah. she is posting like pits out photos. You know what I mean? She's yeah. not scamming people. And yeah. her and Bella Thorne have a history, and I feel like yeah. it's very possible that Bella Thorne just kind of got this idea somewhere where she could do that too. She thinks she. I sound like an asshole right now, but I feel like <laughs> she thinks she's this like super woke, sex positive, oh, really, God. really like artsy and edgy celebrity <laughs> who's trying to do things differently. But like, she's not. She's just like an overgrown Disney star who thinks she's different <laughs> because she's horny. But like, fuck, you're just like everybody else. You're not special. Just, you know what I mean? Like, no, I um, know just mean. like, she just was like, I'm going to make a shit ton of money off nudes. But then she decided, oh, you know what? I could actually make the same amount of money and not sell nudes. Yeah. So she did that and fucked over so many people in the process. Like, my my OnlyFans, well, I only take a payout about once a month anyway because I don't make that much on my OnlyFans. Yeah, me too. I think. Yeah. But for someone who is making thousands of dollars a day from their OnlyFans, and now they have to wait 30 days to get that paycheck. And yeah, because of quarantine, a lot of people's main job became OnlyFans. Yeah, exactly. Now they, now they have to wait 30 days for their pay. And it's because of this person who has never had to wait a day for her pay because she's been a child. Like she was a, went from being a child star to a celebrity. Like, yes, she's literally never not had money. Yeah. So she doesn't understand like what she did to thousands of sex workers. Like, it's just so... The, and the, the apology she issued was, like, <laughs> oh God. like so, it sounded like she wrote that when she was, like, fucking high. Like, I yeah. was, like, write a full sentence. Yeah. Like, don't you have a PR person? Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I was just shocked by that. I was, like, this is so badly written. Yeah. And you started with a part one, but then all the other parts don't have a part number. And I was, like, this is so irritating. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it was pretty bad. It was, like, a, everything about it. a total train wreck. And then she's like, I have a meeting with OnlyFans. Like, let me know. Comment below, like, what you guys need. Like, let me shout you guys out now. And it's just like, okay, well, now it's, like, too late. You know what I mean? Like, you should have done this from the beginning. (laughs) And it also seems so, like, fake to be like, send me your link and a pic and I'll promote you guys. Like, you're seriously going to promote every single OnlyFans account? I don't think so. How are you going to do that? Yeah. And then even if you did... That would not do anything because that would be thousands of accounts you're promoting and it just goes down back to the same thing where none of it's going to get seen, you know? Like, yeah. such a such an empty shell of, uh, like, an offer, you know? Like, I'm totally. okay, like, fuck. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, honestly, it just seems, well, to me, it's just like, okay, she had some backlash there. It's damage control is what I'm hearing from the whole thing. If you could call it that. It just seems like a cop-out answer. Like, there's no thought put into that. No personalization. Like, no sincerity. And I'm just like, what exactly are you doing to help us? Like, (laughs) you know, like, a lot of people want to see, like, that money donated. Um, Doing something with that that's meaningful, that goes towards sex workers. But I have personally Mm -hmm. not seen anything happen or materialize out of that yet. 
So, no. like, that's like, crazy. Oh, just a funny Bella Thorne side note to add. <laughs> um, so one of my one of my poll students is a graphic designer for Pornhub. Oh, so cool. She, she has some, like, ins about um, the porn industry that she shares with me sometimes. Yep. And at her lesson on Monday, I was ranting about Bella Thorne, obviously. <laughs> and she was like, you know, she made a porno. And she I did. was like, oh, really? Like, I didn't know that. I've never seen it, and then I and then I was like, oh yeah, she did mention that she was trying to like end stigma around porn and shit. And then my my student Taylor, she was like, have you not seen it? Like I'll show you. And she has like a premium account that she's hooked up. So she showed me this this video, and I was just gonna watch a few minutes, but we actually almost watched the whole thirty minute porno because it is so cringy. Oh no, so bad, and it's like. And it's so, like, Taylor said that they approached her and were like, you know, they, they hire celebrities to produce and direct porn sometimes just yeah. to, like, because they, they have such a big following. People will watch just because of that. Of course. So um, she directed this porno, and it's, like, the premise is that, like, this guy thinks his girlfriend is trying to kill him, and then they have sex, and then turns out it's actually her friend trying to kill her friend's boyfriend. And it's like, what? This, it's not porn at all. It was oh like a God. really weird, like college art film that had sex. But whenever it got to the sex, it was like weird artsy angles. So oh like, my God. you could never get off to that point. Like, it was, <laughs> it was an art film with some weird sex and the sex happened to be real. You know, like it was so weird. And I'm all for weird sex art films. But yeah. This was not good. So if you have a chance to check out Bella Thorne's porno, I don't think you should pay for it because <laughs> Bella Thorne. But um, you can find a clip of it because it's so funny. Oh my god, it's really really funny. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds awful. Yeah, because I was gonna I was gonna watch it, but I was like, do I want to pay for this? It's called Her and Him. If you guys yeah. are interested, but now that you described it. I am cringing. My <gasps> my vagina just turned dry. Like <laughs> I actually said that I was like, I don't understand how anyone could like. This is turning me off. Like it's making me so uncomfortable to watch. I was like, this is weird. But I think that was her goal, you know, to like do it differently and like be right. like living on the edge and like whatever. Because I guess that's part of her brand, right? Yeah. Is that she's trying to like break from her Disney 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 phase, but yep. she's doing it in some offensive ways yeah which isn't like productive at all it's not effective and no did you read about like her sister joining only fans too no, I oh, didn't. God. No, I don't know I'll, anything about that i'll quickly go into it uh so her sister kaylee joined only fans and uh, there's a lot of comments there that she's been making like Quote unquote, sex work is not real. Sex work does not exist. Sex work should not be work. And she's linking that to why human trafficking exists, which is a huge fucking claim. <laughs> and this part makes me really angry. Yeah, like I was shocked when I read that. I was like, girl, like, what are you even saying? Like, it just uh, so much damage there. You know what I mean? <laughs> but she's Bella Thorne's. Wait, she's Bella Thorne's sister. Sister Kaylee. What? And this is what? I don't understand what she's trying to. So she, but is she? What is she doing on her OnlyFans? Then? I have no idea, but probably not nudes again. She's just like, <laughs> preaching being an asshole. <laughs> yeah, preaching being an asshole, what? making some really dangerous comments and statements, and 
the whole thing with linking sex work with human trafficking like that you're just getting it all wrong like again not saying that like human trafficking obviously that definitely exists but you know us as sex workers we're choosing to be in this line of work it's something that we want to do it's something that we consent to do and not displacing and not saying that you know there are situations where sex workers obviously are maybe forced into the human trafficking trade but to lump it all together uh uh-uh you can't do that yeah well that's so it's like bringing it back to sesta fossa and that's just so confusing that someone who is like what is why is she too it's just odd if she's choosing this moment to say that knowing that she's like related to Bella Thorne and this could get a lot of coverage and stuff. It's just yeah. like weird choices all around. <laughs> Super weird. And yeah, really problematic um, because that's obviously really not true. Sex work is work. Yes. And, yes. 100%. And like, the, yeah, it's such a fucking problem, especially like, yeah, celebrities who don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Like, why why are you making a movie about Bella Thorne being a sex worker to begin with? Why can't we make some movies about some, like, like some real stuff? Like, fuck. Totally. I mean... Like, (laughs) in the movie where Bella Thorne is, like, an OnlyFans model, like, that's not gonna portray anything about sex work. No, it doesn't. Like, it's a really surface-level view on the topic and i love sean baker as director um actually update yeah bella thorne and sean baker are not making a movie together anymore so yeah 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 sean baker came and said he's like nope (laughs) yeah he's like pulling the plug in that project done (laughs) yeah so yeah because he probably had nothing to do with her joining OnlyFans he probably was like talked to her about this once and she was like you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna join OnlyFans to do research and then he was probably like oh that's not what I meant like no I mean there's so many other ways to go about it like you can especially if you're coming from that kind of position of affluence and money and wealth like you can definitely just hire a consultant you can reach out to sex worker groups um there's so yeah. many people there's just so many resources out there it's it's pretty inexcusable yeah so yeah no. <laughs> super frustrating <I> <laughs> um but there are a lot of q a questions that came in for you so why don't we oh, cool. Take it down since that was a really rage-filled episode. Let me get they're still listening. Um, and we'll go into some questions. So um, what was it like growing up with a mom who was a dancer? Um, hmm. Well, I mean, I guess I, I remember a few times, like, telling other people, like, other kids at school that my mom was a stripper. And then I'd be like, oh my god and then everyone in the class is talking about how my mom used to be a stripper and like oh wow you know like I mean I definitely um was aware of the fact that if I told people like some people would really think that was a big deal right um but very quickly I also just realized that like it made it, it kind of made me seem cool so I think oh. I I think I just like kind of ran with it you know I was just cool. like yeah my mom used to be a and like I'm cool because my parents are cool like I definitely <laughs> had the I have cool parents thing like my parents let me like have parties at the house and stuff all the time and they were always very very open so that's awesome yeah I think it just all comes together with me feeling like yeah I was I was allowed to do what I wanted so 
in a safe way so yeah that's cool that's a really yeah. cool way and like again mm-hmm. super accepted so <laughs> yay to cool parents yeah. <laughs> um uh-huh. did you face any stigma outside of the house growing up um i, I don't i i guess i would say no yeah no i don't feel like i i mean there's obviously stigma um, that I experience as a, as a pole dancer more, I feel like, than as a stripper. Like, oh. people will love the two together. Yeah. And I feel like people, there's a lot more people who will judge you for being a regular person who does pole than there mm-hmm. are people who will judge you for being a stripper. Cause it's like, once you're a stripper, you're outside of their cusp of moral values, you know? Okay. And yeah. they're you're like too far gone. Whereas like being a pole dancer, I think people are like, oh, why do you choose to do that? Like you could choose mm. to do any exercise form. So I feel like there's almost, there's a certain side of it that I definitely feel for the, like, family members you know who are like distant family members random people who will yes. be like oh totally okay with talking about one part of it and not another part of it and yes yeah <laughs> so not really but sort of <laughs> <laughs> okay um how oh, this is a long one so how did the ease of family pressure affect your decisions like dating and working as a dancer versus versus other dancers that might have the same issues um I think that because I never had to hide anything, I've always felt safe uh, opening up to my family about all of the things. And I can, I have a very good support group of people who I can talk to. Like, say if something fucked up happens to you at work, like you want to be able to talk to it, talk about it with people. And a lot of dancers, people, some people, literally no one in their entire life knows they're a dancer and that's for sure really hard if you have to like come home take a shower and pretend it never happened you know and like that I think makes the job seem harder sometimes if you can't talk through things um I know like I have a friend who no one in her whole life knows she's a dancer oh wow I can only imagine how hard it is when you're like at family gatherings and stuff trying to like keep on this like act that you're a bartender or you work mm-hmm. at the casino or something you know like yeah so I don't know I've just always been at ease with my family and that has made me I think definitely like grow into who I am and um be loud about it because like yeah I'm I'm no one's judging me on for, for for like talking about sex work on my Instagram and shit you know so yeah that obviously has helped me feel confident about who I am and the choices I've made because mm-hmm. I haven't had to hide it that's incredible yeah. so you're so lucky so 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 lucky to yeah. Yeah. have cool parents like that and just have accepting parents you mm-hmm. know um, yeah what are your thoughts on regular non-sex worker folk joining OnlyFans generally and especially during the time of COVID I definitely think it's fine uh, so long as people are giving what they say they're giving like I think sex work is not um reserved for certain people um Mm -hmm. I don't think you have to need money to do sex work I don't think you have to be desperate to do sex work I think that everyone should be allowed to make that choice Mm -hmm. um and I think even if you're a rich celebrity I think a lot of the time 
there's like, especially with women, female celebrities who don't make any money off of the fact that they are, they're like, they are used as a sex symbol. You know what I mean? And they're Mm -hmm. seen as a sex symbol and they're eroticized. And I think that it's a way for people to make money off themselves when they wouldn't have been able to make money off of that before. Right. So I think that's really cool. But, um, yeah, I just think that people should follow the rules. Like, everyone else <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> it still yeah, applies that's my only issue yeah yeah make a good point there um mm-hmm. what is your relationship with your dancer queen boss mom i met them at the vitality show <laughs> oh wait what is my relationship with my mom is that what the question was yeah your dancer queen boss mom oh, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> good relationship I mean like I tell my mom literally everything and I think that weird some people out like my friends think it's weird how much I tell my mom Mm -hmm. my sister doesn't even tell my mom as much as I tell my mom and my mom (laughs) probably doesn't want to know all the stuff I tell her um but I think that like it's fun because I like seeing I like seeing her reaction to things and stuff you know so yeah like if I like sell a foot picture or something and then I tell my mom or like Because, like, the way I really got into, like, sex work technically is that I started selling my underwear on Craigslist when I was in college. What? And that that was, like, my first ever, like, you know, I guess if you consider that sex work, at the Mm -hmm. time, I didn't. Yeah. I just thought I was doing something silly and making some money. But um, looking back, that was definitely me, like, dipping my toes, you know? For sure. Uh, And I remember telling my mom about that, and she was like, she was like, oh, my God. And, like, a little bit shocked, but, like, also intrigued. (laughs) I'm like just worried about my safety, but other yeah. than that, she was like, "Who are like, who are these people? Like, where do you meet them? Why do they? How does that? You know?" She was intrigued by it, so I think that it's always like made me feel like I'm totally allowed to be myself and open up to my mom, and she's going to be totally fine with whatever that means. And I think mm-hmm. if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't be the person I am just because I would be trying to hide it and trying to not make her upset and not embarrass her. But she's like, she will like repost my like slutty dances on her Facebook for all her friends to see and stuff, you know? So it's like, that's awesome. It's cool that she's just very, yeah, she's very supportive and she's very pro every choice I make. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's very cool. And she just, she just sounds like she is very open-minded as well, which is yeah, awesome. Super sure. awesome. <laughs> and I guess the last question here is, what is your biggest fear? Oh. <laughs> Deep question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hmm. It's a good question. I like, um, I have like, I don't know. Like, I don't have any, like, rational fears, I don't think. You know? Like, mm. I'm I'm afraid of, like, maggots and, like, things that, like, crawl <laughs> and squirm. Particularly, like, I'm totally cool with uh, bugs with legs, Ugh. mostly. But if they don't, like, maggots really fucking gross me out. So that is, like, a, a like a material fear, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, think I, I think, like, a lot of people, I've always had, a, like, a fear of just being like mediocre of just being regular um and I think that that's what drives a lot of people to do their best you know it's like 
I, I want to be remembered for something. Yeah. And I didn't think it was going to be um, this, but, you know, I'm fucking here for it. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's probably it. I'm always just, like, stressing out about not amounting to anything. But, um. Cool. But, yeah. That's such a yeah. good answer. <laughs> such a good answer. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess um, that is it for questions, which brings us to the... Oh, why is my voice all weird? That brings us to the end of this episode. But before I let you go, where can we find you, Saskia? Um, so my Instagram is just my name, at Saskia Klender, S-A-S-K-I-A-K-L-U-N-D-E-R. And that's where I post all my stuff, my daily stuff. But I've also got a website, which is just... Um, SaskiaClender.com, same thing. And if you want to book workshops or lessons or events or anything like that, you can do that on there. Um, and, yeah, I mean, if you're ever in the Montreal area, I will eventually be returning to Cabaret Kingdom to dance. Um, I'm going to wait until I feel a little bit less... Uh, nervous about covid yeah um but yeah if you ever want to see me on stage i do it there and my only fans is natasha's here so like as if your name is natasha and you have arrived tasha's here <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah that's like really rad- like last week i posted a video of my friend slapping me in the tits with aloe like those huge aloe Plants? um chunks like leaves <laughs> yeah we like sliced one down the middle and we were just like slapping each other with them so that was not intended to be for only fans but it went in that direction and that was the only place i could post it so <laughs> Yeah, it's just silly, uh, silly, partially nude content, but yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I will be posting all those links in the show notes below. But Saskia, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. It was a total pleasure, and it was great to just like let some steam off <laughs> with regards yeah, to everything. It was, really good. it was fun to like talk about this with someone like-minded and who's in the same industry. welcoming guys don't uh, forget new episodes every single sunday it's stripped by sia on instagram and get at me and my personal sia stuff um on instagram as well and we'll catch you guys in for another episode next sunday bye you're listening to strip by sia hosted produced and edited by steph sia Artwork by Maria Bellandorama, music by Ted D, and photography by Ian Dabern.